So, Dennis, you're telling me about the joy that you got from giving a hundred dollars. Yes, and, yes. And, and you had to get over the fear of the losing of the hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell me about it. Well, it was again. It felt like it's so hard to explain how the feeling is. It really does feel like, like just like. Uh, I use simple words like good or bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, very good, very good, incredibly good. Like it feels, in general, just giving food too, and giving money and giving what you can to anyone is like the most ecstatic thing ever. It feels amazing. It feels like you have nothing to lose. Like you said, it feels like that. Like you have nothing to lose. Exactly. But we have everything to give. Yes. Um, <laughs> here's, here's something that's kind of important that I think that many students don't understand how uh, powerful this is. So let's talk about it from um, looking at, at drugs, like uh, you know that there has been at least a nationwide disaster over Oxycontin uh-huh. yeah. and the prescription drugs. Basically, one of the things that they have found out is, is that that drug uh, is close to and therefore kind of mimics the feelings that a mother has, I forgot the name of the drug that, uh, that women produce themselves when, they, when they're nurturing babies, that, that it's the bonding between a mother and a child. Is it oxytocin, right? Yeah, oxytocin, that's it. And so oxycotton is, in fact, a, a chemical derivative for that, and that it's designed this way. So when I when a child is born, the mother especially and the father picks it up because this this chemical bond. That's why it's always so beautiful when they give the baby to the mother the first time and everybody just bawls in joy. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's because of these chemicals that are contained in the brain that has to do with this bonding and that feeling is even stronger than the sexual urge yeah yeah and this is that procreation so when we go to the store and buy a new hammer it's that same chemical in the brain at a smaller different level is why we love that hammer yeah so when a, baby is, when a baby is born, what we get from our mothers is nurturing and that we get a side benefit of picking up the same chemicals that she's exuding because we are social animals. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and the fumes that people put out in anger can be picked up as well as the sounds and all of that kind of stuff. So this stuff is, chem- and, and uh, you know that... that that even though we can't smell it or it comes in subconscious, that when people are really gushy, other people get gushy around them. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, okay. that's the, the craziest part about it is that me and Eric were talking about that actually, that everybody's nicer or when you do start doing this, like everybody's just helpful now. Everybody's just laughing now. Everybody's just <laughs> kind of like like it's like the whole world is like another whole thing. Literally, it's very much like uh, everyone is tender. And all you need is a little match of joy and you'll set them afire. Yeah. Okay. And there's actually these chemicals that when you are joyful, you give off different kind of chemicals that will pick up on this, uh, this chemical that is so strongly released for the bonding of a mother and her child. That's funny because... It was like that. It was really that breakthrough with my mom that really changed everything, like in the sense of of giving, because I, I finally understood how much she loved me. Mm-hmm. And that changed everything, like the way that I feel about everything. Like it was mm-hmm. it was a really strange thing. Well, it's through our mothers then that give us that connection of the, the chemical feeling of belonging to the human race. Yeah, it it's feels our that way. Roots. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> okay, and it gives you all gushy again because you can feel that connection through the uh, through these chemicals in the brain that give us this warm, deep, touchy connection. All right, this lasts for about three years or more with the mom, where she's changing the diapers and feeding the baby and giving the baby food and giving them toys, and everybody loves that. But it kind of wears off, and then what happens is uh, either the natural occurrence is, is that the mother just lets the kid go and do what she wants to do, and she feels all loving and everything about it. That would be the natural way then that would probably be the way that it was in the time of the Buddha. And this is why the suttas pointed when he's talking about as the young men grow up, they get all involved in sensual delights and sensual desires. They are actually trying to replace their mom chemically wise. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But something else has happened under our culture. And that I think that this combination of things that have happened over time so that we've slidden into a different direction. And that has to do with working for someone else at a job, going to school, and other things like that. So long as we were just on the land and and farming the land or whatever, then occasionally the king and his uh, army came by and ripped us all off, calling it tax. But... Nowadays, we got to go and supplement to the king every day. And he's watching what we're doing all day long. Right? This is kind of how it feels. So, in fact, this whole natural nurturing from the parent has changed from a nurturing parent into a critical parent. Yeah. um, That before it was all giving to the baby... Now it's getting payback time. You got to learn the ABCs. You got to learn the one, two, threes. You got to learn some math here. You got to pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. when, uh, when a young baby is crying, everybody's caring about the child and burping it and, and jostling it around and, and giving it everything. When that child is five, six, seven years old and crying like that, he's liable to get slapped. 
change. Yeah. You see this change that I'm talking about? There's a change that happens. And what we all long for is to go back to the way that it was, not in the wound, but in a caring, loving environment that we don't have anymore. And this is the way that we relate to people a lot, that we want them to give us compliments and uh, um, good attitudes and pleasure and all of that kind of stuff. And they don't. A lot of people go around looking for, I want you to love me. Yeah. And nobody will provide that. Why? Because nobody cares about whether he's loved or not. They're too busy worrying about why they're not loved. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. And so we have an entire love star society. love starved society because we do we have made a change in our modern culture that i don't think really existed in the really old days yeah like being separate from your mother for so long periods of time at such a young age that's one example being in preschool right right bringing being in preschool and all kinds of other stuff to where normally the families were in and out during the day Okay, or dad may be out in the woods for work all day long, but he's not out there in the woods all year long. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So times have changed, and um, it's been proven on many occasions, many different examples. One of them, my favorite, in fact, is Gurdjieff, had a had a um, a deal with one of the restauranteurs in. Uh, Paris for a, for a waiting table job. With the, right? a re, yeah, a restaurant owner. Okay. Uh, he had a deal with a restaurant owner for a job to uh, as a uh, as a waiter or a waitress in the restaurant. Except that every day a different student would go. But that job was shared by uh, a whole group of people and anybody who needed uh, the amount of day's pay and the tips, they would get the job that day. And the people lived in in a community and, and the job was just a table waiting job. Anybody could do it if they know how, all right? And it doesn't take long to learn that job. But that's a way of showing that, in fact, if we tried to live simply, we could. Yes. Everybody's screaming about actually uh, reducing it to a four-day work week, but in fact, the um, uh, coronavirus and other uh, automation things may in fact help that along so that we can go down to a four-day week. How about a four-day a week performance a year? That sounds even better. Because that's more natural anyway. Yeah. We do not have to work so hard. Why is it that we work so hard? It's because much of the money or the value that a person earns is actually not ever given to him in the, in the paycheck. Mm. That who would in fact hire you if he's not going to make a profit off of you? Yeah. 
And you're not going to get your wages. You're going to get the bargain that you strike with him so that you only get part of your wages and he gets the rest. That's, um, well, that's why, again, this is why I'm kind of, and I think like uh, capitalism and all this, I, this, this whole system of way of how we live. Because I told my friend today, I was like, if we just, we would never grow broke if we just all shared money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like no one would ever and we had like oh yeah that is true like because that's the whole thing we're too we we want we have like this idea of independence like this real like sense of it's called my, selfish selfishness yeah. is taught we would be far less selfish if our culture wasn't a selfish culture exactly capitalism is selfishness and altruism is social yeah and you can add an ism on it and make it very terrible but basically altruism is social yeah and and um uh greediness and uh uh uh, selfishness is to gain capital what is capital that's the high point we want to be on top all right so that's competition which is another word for warfare, which means we're critical of one another and that that starts in in childhood. And that the criticism and the capitalism, um, let us say, is directly on top of the socialism inside of our minds. Yeah. So if we look at it this way, then we can look at it from the point of Anapanasati is in nothing but the practice of learning to turn off the critical learn, later learned behavior, but the habit that we got into over the course of 15, 20 years. On, let us say that we spend three or four years in nurturing and in nutriment. And then from about age four or five to right up to this present moment, how many years has that been? We have been practicing criticism. Yeah, yeah, for sure. (laughs) And and capitalism. So uh, uh, the whole practice of Anapanasati is to practice going back to the nurturing. Yeah, yes. And the Buddha directly talks about this in the form of two kinds of thoughts. Sutta number 19 in the Majjhima Nikaya, two kinds of thoughts and and the thought of the greediness, I've got to have it, capitalism, or the uh, I don't like it and and I'm going to fix you mentality that is at the basis of that and the ignorance around why we're doing this stuff. So we're beginning to wake up to it, that we've gotten ourselves into a bad habit of being super critical and greedy. And look at it from this way. Let's go back to seeing even the whole world now like that little child that needs to be nurtured and all it gets is criticism. Yes, this is exactly how I've been looking at it. That's exactly, <laughs> literally, that's exactly how I've been looking at it. Because I, I was like, because when you look at yourself that way, you understand yourself, and then everybody's the same. Like you said, like that little child, like everybody's a little child that just needs that little nurturing, and um, 
and I guess it's just like really how like that's kind of incredible how how important like I know this is gonna sound kind of funny but like well it's not fun you know what I mean but like how important motherhood is like an early development for a child like I really didn't like like some people think they don't need that or that they're better off but really like we all need that nurturing that that nurture well that's the critical mind you don't need that nurture now you're old enough to get it along by yourself yeah yeah like you know we just have this idea because you know like that old saying you know we're afraid of love because it's our own it's our own end basically like it will end us true love is well it certainly does end our selfishness yeah exactly that's what we're for some reason i don't know why we're afraid to lose that because that's so much pain there's so much pain involved in selfishness Mm -hmm. and so we can come out of that selfishness of wanting the love that we used to get and don't have anymore and learn instead to be the mommy who is the nurturing one and so we begin to nurture ourselves we begin yeah. to love ourselves and bond with our with our interior in the inside. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> and by doing that, that means we can begin to bond with others in friendship. Yes, it's honestly like all I've ever wanted, which is funny enough, like it's all I ever needed, right? Like in that sense of because like I used to be um, addicted to porn a lot, like a lot, like very much. Um, and I used to wonder why, and I never understood why I was so like aggressive and so uh, mean towards myself and all this stuff. And at the root of it, it was just like, all I wanted was just to feel like I didn't have anything to lose or get or any of that, like just accept it, accept, okay. And when it that is like, uh, it's funny because in you know Ramdas, right? Do you know about Ramdas? Oh yeah. It, his teacher he had two books, Grits for the Mill and Be Here Now. Yeah, and his teacher is so crazy. He like his teacher said because Ramdas came up to him upset, like really upset, and said, "Teach me how to raise my Kundalini," right? Like like that. <laughs> and and his teacher said and i never got this i never understood it until like i started doing it uh, he said okay uh give and feed the poor and then he's like no i'm serious i'm serious okay so go help orphans then <laughs> go do something get give go give keep yeah. going everything You've got a load of it. Go give some of it away. <laughs> yeah, like people think it's like about abstract or something abstract or this experience or something. But it's like it's all around you. Like it's open for grabs. Everything is free. <laughs> Everything is is totally ready for you to just open up to it in that way, like in a giving way. Um, it's honestly, it's almost like it's like uh i keep thinking about it because i'm like wow it's really really like it wasn't just some side thing like it's it's like something that is so fundamental to who you are like that's the weirdest part about it it's like like because it's i hate using that word but it does feel like it's miraculous like it feels like that like you know it feels like 
like inside the change that it's the perspective how about it's like turning on a light bulb okay there we go yeah turning on a light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> which for some people would think would be miraculous that they could begin to see something for the first time yeah yeah it, because i really really always thought it wasn't a thing it was just you know not really that important or something that wasn't really valuable or something that um I would never have, so I just needed to get over it. Something like that, like the critical, the critical, critical. Well, you can also understand at this point then why Achan Po would repeat it so often. That is a quote from the Buddha that the Dhamma is the very best gift. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. That is so good. It's like the difference between giving a man a fish and teaching a man how to fish. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, the same. it's the same. And that's what the Dhamma is really all about. That's why it has, if for what we have experienced in this conversation, this is exactly the reason why Dhamma must be given as a gift in order to start to generate that feeling of gratitude and generosity so that we can get all gushy with each other. And that does not (laughs) happen in the business deal. If you pay your teacher money for your uh, time, you cannot gain this bonding. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's actually, that's the whole thing about why people don't get good at what they do is because they don't have a mentor that is just willing to give them that time and effort and, and the have, bonding. Yeah, it's that, that's the most important part and <laughs> the bonding. That's yes, exactly that's, that's exactly what needs to be done is that we have to bond together as brothers yeah. or as family. Mm-hmm. And that this, this is what uh, uh, the, the, the friendship is really about. Um, that it's um, kind. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's okay, and and or or kindred. These are some of the words that we use, uh, so that we're looking at friendship is the same as family. That in fact, in some cases, friendship is even better than family. And yeah, yet we don't. Yeah, well, and yet we, <laughs> everybody, everybody knows that. Always, it's always your friends that you you enjoy, right? Well, that's because the the family has become critical rather than nurturing. Yeah, that's why it's so easy to break up that kind of family. When a family actually nurtures one another, it becomes very strong in unity, in connection. But when the family is critical of one another, then it's easy to break up. That's why they do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of, um, and then they blame, like, it's weird because the kid becomes like a big, massive part of that because they feed the kid complete criticism and then the kid comes back at them and criticizes them. And then they're like, why is this happening? (laughs) Yeah, exactly so. Exactly, exactly. You give what you get back and and you get back what you give. This is the whole idea of karma. If you give nurturing, if you give warm gushies, then you will get uh, nurturing and warm gushies back. 
If you give cold pricklies and criticisms and all of that, then guess what? Everybody that I know is really willing to take that around, load their gun with it, and shoot it back at you. <laughs> it's like, I mean, that's, I mean, the Buddha would like, um, the Buddha talked about metta and how, how intense it can be and how powerful it is. And um, I can only imagine, like he would say, I have like, like metta for everything, like well, flowers. That's, that's why, you know, metta is one of the words that just doesn't translate. Mm. It doesn't translate, especially when it's translated originally and correctly as loving kindness. Now, yeah. both of those words describe exactly what's going on, but it doesn't fit our vocabulary. And in fact, the word that I've stumbled on today that it feels really close is gushy. Gush. Warm yeah. and gushy about someone. This is what we mean by meta. <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, it is that feeling because you're like almost like you feel like uh, it's like that feeling of like you just you just hello uh, yay <laughs> everything uh -huh. is good. <laughs> That's yeah. the feeling. Everything is okay. Everything is happy. Last night was Kitty's birthday party, and I learned a lot. But one of the things that I actually learned was about that experience of being warm and gushy with the neighbor and with the guys who came. There was probably 25 at that, at that party and only about five kids, and all the rest of them were uh, just having a, a nice party. Yeah. And that was really great. Um, so this this whole idea that we need to change it from competition to cooperation is only a small change, but it's like a light switch going on. That's the kind of change. And for yeah. some reason, we keep going around turning the lights off, thinking that we're saving money or something. I don't know. Yeah, and that's... <laughs> That's the whole thing. And when you do this, like, it's funny because I, I, I used to want to ordain and or do all that because I thought it wasn't like it's the best way to get rid of all your suffering or whatever. But I, I see why, like, okay, if you practice this, you want, that's all that you want to do because you realize that there's no reason to own anything because it's completely crazy. Like, there's no, how can you own something? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. There's no way you could, even if you... I, At best, we can pass it on. That's with great, well, that's with great, great care and love, Gushy. <laughs> yeah, like, that's the whole thing. Like, as the Buddha would say, like, um, that that's, like, so powerful. Like, And I never thought... I thought he was just... I didn't know. I don't know why that just flies by. Like, like that just flies by. That's the craziest part about it. I like obviously it's because we're conditioned and we're selfish and all that, but it's but when you see it, you still can't believe that it flew by you like that. <laughs> <laughs> like like cause because then you experience the power and the beauty of it and it's like it's like it's like all you want to do all the time. It's like a drug almost. Guess why yeah. they 
put it in a pill form and sell it. Except that people don't get addicted to the good feelings they have by by doing good things. They get addicted to the feeling they have by taking a pill. All right. And that's literally I got that feeling today when I did that. I really felt it like at that moment. It was like boom. It was like a burst of chemicals in my in my body. It was amazing. I felt like completely, like it was just like like that feeling of you just feel great. You feel bigger. You feel lighter. You feel you feel like very malleable and fluid. Fishy, fishy, fishy. That feeling. The same feeling, fishy. So, um, this whole feeling system, now that you kind of understand it, this is why we keep talking about gladdening the mind. Aha, I see you, Mara, separates us from the Mara and puts us on this other side. This is the whole reason why he's talking about two kinds of thoughts. Wholesome thoughts and unwholesome thoughts. So now we can put it into language that's a little more comprehensible in the sense of nurturing versus critical. This is the way of looking at it. So you begin to nurture yourself, take care of yourself. You've already arrived at where you need to go. Let everything just be easy now. That's the whole You're thing. among friends. <laughs> yeah. And that's, um, it's almost like I'm not afraid of, of like what's going to happen either as well. Like, because, because like, because there's nothing like, what is going to happen? I don't like, that's the whole thing when you give and like that and you like it and all that stuff, it's like, all your worries disappear because your worries were about stuff. <laughs> okay. Answering a message to the guy who just called. So, this has actually been a really good talk. I've enjoyed this. This has been great to share with you. That we can make that connection with people. That we can see the world as a friendly place. That we can share joy when we have it. And it really is a matter of changing our attitude from being that child that's in need of nurturing into being the nurturing parent that gives the nurturing. And I wanted to mention one more thing. Um, I went to the Watt, but they were closed. So I'm I'm just going to wait. And should you think that we should just wait till next year? Because it yeah, seems like sure. everything's closed. Go around spreading some meta. Yeah, Go yeah, around exactly. being gushy for a while. 
and yeah. when the white opens, th this will be over soon. This too shall yeah. pass, and so never mind. Yep. I'm just so because excited. You need to keep, let us put it this way. This is perhaps one of the ways of saying it, that there are far more Asian people in the United States than there is, and, and therefore a fairly large need for monks that they don't have. It's really hard to get a monk into the United States, even though they've been able to be successful uh, by at least a thousand. They need three or four thousand. So the monks are precious to the lay people, gushy and all of that. And yes. so the lay people, they want these monks to be protected. They want to take care of them. Yeah. And so, and it's actually the lay people who run and manage and pay for the wad, and all of the monks there are guests. Or yeah. let us say, like newborn babes to be cared for and loved as our very highest. <laughs> and that's why they close the watch. I know exactly why they close the watch in the United States. These monks are precious. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole thing. It's uh, it was a learning experience when I drove there because I was like, it was I had to really watch, you know, okay, just understand that it's just that they're trying to their best to be safe and they don't understand, you know, it's not they're not trying to close everything off on purpose. Um, just, you know, let it go. It's fine. Because I drove an hour and <laughs> I re that's what I practice meta a lot to myself. I was like, okay, it's okay, just drive back. <laughs> it's all good. Just drive back and just wait mm -hmm. till later because this is good practice. This it's fine. Um, and when it opens up, like I bet it's going to be even greater because, you know, like wow, everything's back to normal. Thank, we're so grateful, you know. So it'll be it'll be it'll be a big party probably, you know. I think so, yes. Even if it's spontaneous, in the sense that all of a sudden everybody just shows up, which happened at the time of the Buddha uh, on enough occasions that it became quite remarkable. How did everybody know? Well, that's because they spread the word. That's how everybody knew. Of course everybody knew. <laughs> That would be especially true if the Buddha announced that he was going to be at a certain place on that particular full moon's night for the Paddy Monk. And naturally, all of those monks show up. Yeah, yeah. They would walk for miles, right? Some of them would walk far. <laughs> for days, some of them. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. That must be so much fun. Uh-huh. Well, it's also because of the warm, gushy feelings that you have for one another. Yeah. To be friends. And it's hard to describe that. Yeah, yeah. Really this is, is one of this is one of the things that they um um that they're that they're noted for in combat. That these guys get so close together that they've got so much enemy out there, they've got so much criticism and bullets flying, but in here we learn to bond together and care for one another and really enjoy each other's company. That sometimes happens in a strange way within a den of thieves 
and then they break up and they turn on each other because they are thieves. <laughs> and the other guy says, but I thought you were my brother. I thought that we had it together. You know, well, we did have those feelings, but I'm going to, <laughs> I'd rather have the money right now. Sorry. <laughs> but in, but in warfare, when one of the guys dies, it's especially painful because this guy you were really close to or after the war, they still want to communicate and be friends with each other. Yeah. And I know you have to go soon, but just one more. Can I say one more thing? There'll be, mm -hmm. um, I do have a question and it's more practical to like, I've, I've had these ideas of like, I want to get rid of more distractions. More uh, distractions. Like meaning like subtle things that usually they're not bad or evil or whatever, but they're just like, you know, mu like music and um, basically music is a big one. And it's more like how can like should like the eight precepts, you know, is that better in a sense to like I want to practice that, but I don't know if I should even kind of like actually all of that, all of the precepts are designed around making things really easy. Okay, that's what I thought. Like, okay, yeah. And that we oftentimes as children cannot see that the parents are trying to make it easy for us. They think that we're making a bunch of rules. Yeah. Okay, and so when we're adults and we take on the, 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 uh, the precepts, whether it's five or eight or ten, we see these as a set of rules within a set of freedoms. Yeah, because an example is Ucha Sarana Mahasarana Wei Ramani Sakabadam Samati Ami. What that means is, why aren't you free enough to lay down wherever you are and go to sleep? Yeah, that's why do you have to have a, a nice, warm, gushy bed? And do you think that that what nice, warm, gushy bed you can pick up and carry with you everywhere you go? Then you're not going to be going so far. It's better to go with the monks, even if when you land, you <laughs> land on the floor, not in bed. OK, so that's a freedom. That's a major freedom to not have to worry about bedding for the night. Yeah, and that's you don't need it. Because like as I practice this general, I see that the precepts are like now I see them as tailored for your like to get you even more into that generosity into even more of that state where it's just you can just easily give. There's not like because if you're not spending money on you know luxury and stuff like that, you have way more to give. And and you're not eating, you know, a lot of food, so you don't need much food. And you can just get all the food and give it away, most of it, because you don't eat much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which I already don't, I kind of do. But I think it was just a matter of music and um, entertainment. and which. But music is the one that's been kind of like the little by little thing. Not in the sense of I don't have to do it, but it's disappearing more and more. So I was like, let me, maybe I should just let it all go and see what happens. And, you know, experiment with that to see how it goes. That's basically what I did also, but I did it before I became a monk. In fact, I do remember specifically that I'd already given away or left behind the guitar 
before mm. I ever got to Bodh Gaya. Okay. All right. And so uh, we're talking 1982-ish, maybe early 1983, when I gave up music completely. And the only thing that was in India at that time was that tinky, tinky stuff that you don't find entertaining, but they do anyway. <laughs> uh, it's amazing to hear that many people sing together off key, every one of them. <laughs> and not off in the same direction. Oh, my goodness. And I really do not like to hear Thai music because it's just un, untrained. They cannot hit a note, even if they're trying to sing Western music. Oh, boy. Okay, and so in that regard, having years of vocal training is a detriment. Because I can't, I can't listen to it unless the singer is going to sing on key. Now, they can bend a note occasionally because that's what we do intentionally. But when we can't find the right note. <laughs> so, anyway, to make the long story short, 15, 20, 25, 35 years now short, um, getting back into the music has a different quality. But I would recommend to, 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 uh, to go without it. But I'll also say that the whole point about the music and the time, they did not have Walkmans, they did not have radios, they did not have uh, headsets. And that's how almost all music is listened to today. In the 20th century, it was loudspeaker music. Yeah, yeah, boomboxes. And boomboxes and all of that kind of stuff. But back in the time of the Buddha, you had to probably travel miles because entertainment with good music was really far between. And it was always done in large crowds. This and almost always at night. This is what we're talking about is the word that's translated as entertainment. It's like going to the opera. Mm -hmm. And monks don't belong at the operas. Maybe a cardinal or a monk from time to time or a priest. But the monks, they don't go to, um, or the bhikkhus don't go to operas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and they don't go to hoochie-coochie shows and the entertainments that are found there. This is... And so when we hear the word music, we get confused completely because the monks chant musically and it is poetic. If you really look at the Pali, you can see that it really is poetry. Okay? Like, Ipiti so bhagava eraha samma sambhuta that's the knower of the world, okay? And then, Deva Manusanambuto Bhagavati. Now, is that music or not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It is. It is poetry. It is. 
Okay, and not only that, but the Nacha Gita Watida Visukadasana, that Visukadasana, that's the, the, the one about the entertainment. Mostly what they're talking about is public performances. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, but that can be easily misunderstood. So much so that Tai Chi and yoga are practiced by the monks, but only in seclusion because they do not want the lay people to call them dancing. Not sure. Okay. Okay. Also, there are actually books written that use the word Gita, Nacha Gita Vatida, Visukadasana, okay? Nacha Gita, the word Gita, is widely used, and it has to do with um, poetry is Gita. There are books in the Pali language of the songs of the monks and the songs of the nuns, the Teragitha and the Teragitha. Yeah. Okay. What, what is this about when we say Nacha Gita? Well, the Gita that they're talking about here is a public performance to go where other people are because you want to be entertained. I would say that a lot of the music that you have going on while you're doing things is is background noise at best and certainly not entertaining. Yeah, like it's lessened over time naturally, and and then but I just really kind of realized that. Eh. Guess what? Your quality goes sky high too. When we when we listen to everything, <laughs> a lot of what we listen to is garbage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But when you and, begin to get selective and, and only want to listen to the very best, then you get really, really highly selective as to what you're going to listen to. Again, uh, wholesome thoughts or unwholesome thoughts. A lot of music is unwholesome. Yeah. And that the monks don't need to be off in the woods playing a lute or, or, or a guitar or something. Right? Yeah. That, and so, um, but we're talking about a difference then between, um, let us say, the purpose, the intent, and other things like that. Because uh, without the tonality, the uh, the tonality often makes the poetry. Like the iambic pentameter, it not only has meter, it's got tonality too. Was the night before Christmas and all through the house, and I've done three, four, five notes in there. You see, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Speak to not children. a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. Okay, so you can hear the tones yeah. in there. It's music, yeah. music and poetry are the same thing. Yeah, they used to sing poems in Greece all the time. Pardon. They used to sing poems in, in old, you know, Greece and Greece and the Greeks. That, that's the only way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Sufi, Sufi, uh, uh, Rumi, you know Rumi, his poetry? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it, he sung, he sung. A lot of, uh, it's just singing. Do you know the monks chant? No, they sing. They that's sing, a, yeah. They sing, right. Even when the when we're doing the precepts, it's all very musical. 
Panatipata Veramani Sakabadam Samati. I mean, I mean, I could write the score for that and just put the words under it. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I, I've chanted from time to time, like with the I printed out these things, and you do get into it when you really see like, oh, that's so beautiful, and then you it, you actually get that feeling of joy and satisfaction from it mm -hmm. because you're reading something wholesome. Okay, so now that we understand that, we can say that, wait a minute, there has been a major change in Christianity from going from this hymn singing that they do as a congregation in church into being entertained by a stage band who are singing songs about Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. Is that not a major change? It's not just subtle. It is a profound, profound change. Yeah, it really. Yeah, because I remember it's there really are like rock bands. They even win Grammys now. <laughs> OK, so this is what the Buddha is talking about is the entertainment quality. Not the musical quality. And this is such a subtle thing, but it's profound because now what that means is there are many things that you would avoid. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, there are and that when you're listening to some music, it is connecting. That you really get into and become in it. That's how so happened. Yeah, like. When I when I hear something wholesome and I, and like, um, like uh, John Martin, have you ever heard of John Martin? No, I haven't. Oh, he sings a song like it's like very lovely and very kind and very like just gushy. And every time I play it uh, sometimes, and I just feel that like wow, that is that's meta. That's that's exactly meta, and it makes me feel so good. And it's uh -huh. but but then I avoid. Like, I try to avoid all the unwholesome music. So, and then over time, it just felt like maybe I should just try to stop music altogether um, because it just seems like at this point, it's just like everything is music. <laughs> yes, and that's what is known in Hindu as everything is a dance. Um, mm -hmm. Music is nothing but dancing words. Music is a dance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a rhythm of something. And a lot of dancing is set to various kinds of musics, and so the music and the dance work together. For instance, there's a tremendous difference between a polka and a waltz and a tango. Yeah, yeah. And Swan Lake. <laughs> you see all the varieties and all the music is, it's a dance. Music is the dance. Yeah, like if you um, don't believe me, then go look at a dancer dancing without the music, and it's almost boring. Even though they go all the pirouettes or the throw the girl in the air and all of that without the music is just nothing. Yeah, that's it's just, just calisthenics. Movies as well. Movies have music. Without the music, the movies have no meaning. I mean, can you imagine the horror movie and the girl is, is slowly, secretly crawling down the hallway and the whole audience is watching because of no music playing? 
Yeah, or they're yeah. playing this horrifying music and then everybody is saying, don't go, don't go, don't go down that hall. <laughs> yeah, it's almost, it's almost kind of incredible because you'll realize that you're actually, um, the music almost fades into the background, but it's what runs everything. It's what keeps you focused on the, on the images and stuff. It's, well, yes, it sets the rhythm, it sets the tone. Listen to the language I'm using. Yeah, yeah, uh -huh. yeah. It says the background. It says the ambiance. Oh my, yeah, that's uh, yeah. Because I, I, I remember you talk about Saliatina like that. Mm hmm. Yes, exactly. So music affects our Saliatina. Only we playing sad songs, or we're playing critical songs, or we're playing gangster rap in the mind, yeah, rather yeah. than or or a pavan. A pavan, that's a uh, 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 slow music, a dirge, is like uh, for a, a funeral. I like Bob Marley. Like, um, you could be loved. Um, if, uh, what was it? If you could be loved, you would be loved. I love that song because it's so beautiful, because it's so positive. That's what I like. Like, when it's positive, when it's cheerful, when it's like giving you a good thing. Right. So you see how powerful then music is, and, and um, it does have a delight and an advantage. Yeah. As long and as I use music a lot with the, with the teaching and the sense of giving students happy songs to sing. Zippity-doo-dah, zippity-ay. All right. So um, music has that quality of basically bringing us back to the childhood time of preschool before we became responsible for getting things done mm. yeah and so um there's a lot about music that um, has good qualities but um people then miss out on because of um misunderstood precepts that music itself is bad no it's going out for entertainment, needing to go out, needing to have that structure. That's yeah. the problem. Not that music is playing in the background. Okay, I see. Go into any store and you'll be at Christmas time and you'll hear Christmas music playing to get people in the mood to buy. If you walk into that store and they don't have music playing, the sales go down. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like well, that's actually really crazy. Like this music is is basically in everything. Mm -hmm. Even the birds. They sing to each other. We have geckos that sing the gecko song. It's the same every time. That's crazy. Every yeah, everything has like yeah. that tonal that tone. Mm -hmm. Well, language in itself is seems to be language a itself is almost that way. Yeah. Okay, uh, so this is what I have to say about be, be careful about that which you're trying to avoid for spiritual reasons and look at the dukkha, look at really what's going on, okay. rather than taking a set of dry rules and say, oh, I have to do that too, okay. when it really the issue is, is can you restrain yourself? That's exactly yeah okay okay
because that's the whole thing because i look at it as an experiment to see how far do i really need music do i need it do i that's how what i want sometimes see, like, we do yeah exactly that's what i want to see that's that's what i like about precepts is that they can kind of show you where you're at if if you try them out like in the sense if you do if you restrain yourself from something oh okay you kind of bring it up because that's the whole thing you bring up that whatever it is you know whatever's bugging you whatever because it's kind of like detoxing it's the same thing I just, it is exactly what we're doing we're detoxing except for instead of detoxing a chemical we're detoxing criticism we're detoxing unwholesome thoughts yeah exactly they're toxic being critical of oneself is a toxic thing to do yeah okay. that makes sense I'll singing go. a happy song not so toxic yeah exactly yeah singing yeah. a joyful song making a joyful noise yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah we, i've been doing that a lot like with eric with eric i kept shouting moo moo like is that <laughs> It's Excellent. So that that's great. That oh, he was so, so much fun. He gave me a, so many books as well. He gave me so much gifts. He he was so kind, like, and so radiant. Like he's so he's thirty six and he looks like he's twenty years old. It's ridiculous. You know? I've known him for a couple of years now. Yeah, it's it's a it was really I called him a sign. He's one of the signs that the Buddha saw. <laughs> it, was, it was really beautiful Dennis I'm going to let you go now Perfect. this has really been great I've really enjoyed this conversation thanks for telling me about Eric and all yeah it was amazing bye 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 bye